This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Back on the fan, Denton Day with you. B. Mitch and Finley taking the day off a well-deserved holiday for them, we start this hour with good news and bad news. Whenever I was presented that option as a kid, I think I rightfully chose the bad news first to get it over with and then have the good news supplemented. So that's what I'll do here. The bad news, we will not see Juan Soto in the lineup today for the Nationals. The good news, according to Soto, everything is fine. His MRI revealed revealed nothing too serious. Calf is just a little tight, and they're going to take the day-to-day approach. So that's positive news. We won't see him today, which is unfortunate. You certainly want to see the best players play on a day like July 4th. The Nats in action early today. 11.05 first pitch. We're taking you up to Nats uh, pregame show, and that's on deck. That's going to be at 10.35, so I'm only with you another 30 minutes. Hit me up on Twitter at the Denton Day. We've been having a conversation for a majority of the show about Kevin Durant. I promise you, by the way, in about 20 minutes, I'll help you make some money on the gambling side of things with the Nats and the Marlins. So that's coming your way in 20 minutes. We'll end the show on that, send you off on a good note. But we've been talking a majority of today about Kevin Durant and whether or not you want the Wizards to grab him. And my producer, Jeff Walker, who's with me today, came into the studio on the break and reminded me of a report that I can't believe I didn't touch on. According to ESPN, there is at least some interest, maybe not a ton of interest, but some interest on the potential of Kevin Durant returning to the Golden State Warriors. Now, how does that apply to the Wizards? You might be thinking it doesn't, but uh, I think it can. I think there is a world where the Wizards can benefit from Kevin Durant going back to the Warriors. Because my guess is that the Warriors aren't going to give the package of draft picks that would be required to to get Kevin Durant. So the Wizards can jump in and make that a three-team deal and land something good for themselves. Maybe not a Ben Simmons, so to speak, but if you're talking the giving up of draft picks... You can help the Warriors send some draft picks to Brooklyn and for your troubles potentially end up with a guy like a Jordan Poole, like an Andrew Wiggins, or like a James Wiseman. Now, Wiseman is certainly third on that list because, quite honestly, I don't know what's going on with that dude. It seems like he's been hurt right from the get-go since he got to the NBA, but I know that the potential for James Wiseman is there. So it's something to think about. If that rumor starts to grow and grow and grow, likely not today, I've always imagined that there's some sort of truce, some sort of unspoken bond 
between really everybody in sports saying we are not going to do anything crazy on July 4th. The third is fair game. The fifth is fair game, but we aren't going to be making wheeling and dealing, jet stealing, limousine riding like Ric Flair. We're not doing any of that stuff with one another trading phone calls on July 4th. So not expecting anything today, but just something to keep an eye on as we move forward here. I'm Denton Day. You can hit me on Twitter at the Denton Day. You know, I've been uh, I've been working here at the fan for quite some not quite some time, a couple of months now and uh, there's one thing that I've been hearing a ton of as it relates to the football team in town. You know, we've Ashburn syndrome, I think, is very much a real thing. And we've seen that in the past, most notably with guys like Terrell Pryor, uh, Josh Doxson, and there's been a number of others. You can go so far as back to even say Brandon Lloyd in the mid to late aughts. Uh, we had some Ashburn syndrome with him. I think Ashburn syndrome is running absolutely wild right now with a quarterback in town and not Carson Wentz. There might be a little bit of it with Carson Wentz, but Ashburn syndrome is running absolutely wild right now with one Sam Howe. And I think it's my opportunity and my job to tell anybody that's riding this wave of the UNC quarterback to pump, pump the damn brakes, pump the brakes on Sam Howe. I understand why we do this. Because I have suffered uh, really all of my life with this team. The the football team here really hasn't been good since I've been. I'm 27. The football team really hasn't been good since I've been alive. I mean, they won Super Bowls a couple years before I was born. I got the sweatshirts to prove it. But I've never seen this team be good. And I've never seen this team have what you could even consider to be a franchise quarterback. I think the longest guy that I've seen tenured here is either Kirk Cousins or Jason Campbell. And neither of those guys are checking the box as a franchise quarterback. So I understand the approach that some are taking as it relates to Sam Howell. If you're not all the way confident in Carson Wentz, you start to reach and grab at straws in the hopes that something good is eventually going to happen for this franchise. And I'm not a math major. My my dad is a math major, so he's a bit of a nerd. I'm not a math major, but I do think that the law of averages eventually states that at some point, they're going to hit on a quarterback at some point. I don't know when, but at some point, they're going to hit on a quarterback. I like to think that I have realistic optimism as it relates to Carson Wentz. I am pessimistic with Sam Howell. I am pessimistic with Sam Howell, at least at this point. I think what Carson Wentz offers this team is something they haven't had in quite some time, which is a guy with a strong arm. Because I'll tell you what, Now that we re-signed Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin was absolutely decimating opposing cornerbacks last year. Decimating. But the problem was Taylor Heineke couldn't get him the ball. I swear to God, Taylor Heineke made Trayvon Diggs about another $10 million. He made him about another $10 million because his agent's going to go right to the Dallas Cowboys and say, look at all these interceptions, when the reality is there were multiple times when we played Dallas this past season where Terry McLaurin is like three steps behind Trayvon Diggs and Heineke couldn't get him the ball. Carson Wentz now has the ability to get Terry McLaurin the ball. So I have reasonable optimism with Carson Wentz because I also know that he's at the end of his redemption window. The redemption window is when teams kind of just stop thinking 
that they are going to work with us, right? When Carson Wentz was drafted and he played well with the Eagles, he had that MVP season. He extended what I call a redemption window. And Indianapolis, when things started to go wrong in Philadelphia, thought to themselves, we can make him work. And they tried it out and he didn't work. And now here in Washington, we're doing the exact same thing thinking he didn't work in Philadelphia, he didn't work in Indianapolis, but maybe our system is going to be the system where he finally puts all the pieces together. After Washington, Carson Wentz is essentially done being a full-time starter. If he can't make it work here, he's done. So he's at the end of his redemption window. But the idea that Sam Howell, if Carson Wentz does not make this work, is going to come in and become the savior of the team is exceptionally off-base. And I don't know where it's coming from. Like, I love a good fairy tale story, right? Like, I like Disney movies. Not in a weird way. I'm not a Disney adult. But I like Disney movies. I'm a big fan of comic book movies. That's a weird thing. I'm a comic book adult, and I will wear that one with pride. I'd love myself a good happy ending. Not the Robert Kraft kind, but a good happy ending that sees something finally go right for the team in D.C., but Sam Howell, at least now, is not that. We do not need to fall into the Tom Brady syndrome, late-round quarterback, played at a big school, and we think he's just going to be the guy. You have to take a realistic approach, and the way that you take a realistic approach with Sam Howell is that you look at Sam Howell within the context of what he actually is. What do I mean by that? You pay attention to who he was in college. It's really that simple. We've never seen him play at the NFL. We've seen him play three years in college. And you have to pay attention to who he was in college. And he was a good quarterback in college. He wasn't a great quarterback in college. 2020 presented the lie that Sam Howe was a great quarterback in college. And it's just not the truth. And I've heard listeners call into this station in the months that I've been working and since we drafted Sam Howell, I've heard listeners call into this station. I've even heard people outside of our city. So not not anybody here, but people outside of our city pointing to the fact that Sam Howell wasn't as good in 2021 because he lost all of his talent. And while he did lose some talent, and there's some pretty notable names that he did lose, Michael Carter, who just played with the the New York Jets at the running back position, had a good first year. Javante Williams nearly eclipsed 1,000 yards at the running back position for Denver this past season. Those are two very impressive guys, but those weren't the guys that were making Sam Howell this this quarterback that was projected to be top, top five. I mean, entering the 2021 college season, Sam Howe was projected a top five quarterback, and then his numbers took a bit of a hit in 2021. Well, who else did he lose? He lost Deami Brown. And I don't understand the logic and the relationship between thinking that Sam Howell wasn't good last year because he lost all of this talent, but then having the talent that he lost on this team and Let's be honest, like Deami Brown might have some upside, but he left a lot to be desired last year. He wasn't this world-beating wide receiver. It's not like Sam Howe lost Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. He lost a guy that could barely get on the field here when we desperately needed somebody to play wide receiver two opposite of Terry McLaurin. And now all of a sudden, we're supposed to come in and think that Sam Howell, if Carson Wentz doesn't work, 
is going to be the savior here in D.C. that gets us back atop the mountain. It's something that I can't get behind and something that I can't buy. I'm exceptionally plugged into the college football world because when I'm not working here, I'm working in the realm of college sports. So I watched Sam Howell, and you can't make up for the fact in 2019, this is the number that I think is most important here. Forget the yards, forget the touchdowns. I mean, you can pay attention to interceptions. That's an important statistic. But in 2019, his first year starting at Carolina and playing real time, his completion percentage was 61.4. His second year at UNC, which is the year that everybody fell in love with this kid, his completion percentage was 68%. And then last year in 2021, when he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, his completion percentage was 62.5%. Allow me to pull the Brian Windhorst meme for you real quick. What was going on in UNC? What was going on in Chapel Hill? He jumped nearly seven completion percentage points his second year, and then fell nearly six the year after that. What is the deal for that? Well, thankfully, you know, when Brian Windhorst was pulling this move on ESPN, he couldn't tell you, I can provide you the answer. The deal and the reason was that Sam Howell had his best year in college during the COVID year. And that 2020 college football season convinced a lot of people that good quarterbacks were great quarterbacks. Sam Howell was a good quarterback in, in college. He was never a great quarterback in college. He had his best season in a year where the ACC was down. People didn't know if they were actually going to play. There were opt-outs all over the place, and there were minimal fans in attendance. You're playing in front of your Clemsons and your FSUs and your Miamis when they have like 20,000 people in the stands rather than the 80, 90, potentially 100,000 people in the stands. That makes a difference. Pay attention to that jump in completion percentage. The numbers in terms of yards, very similar. Touchdowns, there is a bit of a drop-off last year, only 24. Interceptions, 9. That was the most of his career. But pay attention to the completion percentage points because that's the true story right there. Sam Howe was presented as if he was a great quarterback because he played very well in a season where quarterbacks played very well. It's a lot easier to be good when there's nobody yelling and screaming at you than it is when there's 100,000 people breathing down your necks. So don't present him as if he is this next savior of the Washington Commanders. Now, if he, uh, if he goes up, if Carson Wentz fails and Sam Howell gets in the game and he absolutely starts torching everybody in existence, Destroy me on Twitter, please. I would love to be wrong here, but I know that I'm not because I know what Sam Howell is as a, as a quarterback. He's just not that guy that's going to be the savior if Carson Wentz fails. If Carson Wentz fails, we're in trouble. And we're going to be right back in the position where we've always been, which is searching for a quarterback. In fact, if Carson Wentz fails, he needs to fail like wickedly. I'm not talking failing the way he did it with Indianapolis where he throws away a playoff spot against the Jacksonville Jaguars where all the fans have bags on their heads not to do with anything of the actual football team but because of their general manager. That Jacksonville team barely wanted to be there and Carson Wentz threw it away. I'm not talking failing like that. If Carson Wentz fails this year, we need to be like 3-14 and 14 bad. 
We need to be right back at the top of the draft going to get either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. That's the savior right there. If it's not Wentz, it's one of those two guys. So if Carson, like, we don't need to be just missing the playoffs. It presents this false hope, and I don't need false hope. I need it, I need it given to me straight. Put some hair on my chest. I'll take it like a man, take it on a chin. Give it to me straight here. The savior of the franchise is not is not a guy that is currently on this roster. I'm Denton Day, 106.7 The Fan. You can hit me on Twitter, at the Denton Day. Still got one more segment left, 800-636-1067. I promise you, I'm going to make you a little bit of money. I fulfill that promise next. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. And just like that, I'm back. It's Denton Day, 106.7 The Fan. You can hit me on Twitter, at the Denton Day. Nats on deck coming your way in about eight minutes or so. The Nats got the Marlins today. At 11.05, you know, I had one of the worst things that I think can happen to you on 4th of July weekend happen to me yesterday. I was sitting there, I was taking some notes for the show in my apartment. I'm out there in Ashburn, so I'm a bit of a, a, bit of a distance away here from the city and from the studio. But I was sitting there in my apartment and I could hear fireworks going off, right? And you know the sound of fireworks going off, especially now. You know, if you hear the sound of fireworks going off in like August or something, you know, there might be a reason to be a bit alarmed. But hearing them in July, I hear them like, oh, there are fireworks going off. So I step out on my balcony to see if I can enjoy the fireworks because I like fireworks. You know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of like super loud noises, but for fireworks, because there's pretty colors that come after, I'm like a child. I don't like the loud noise, but I like the pretty colors. So I step outside of my apartment and I'm like, man, I don't. I hear the fireworks, but I can't see the fireworks. So I walk back in, dejected, tail between my legs, and I continue to hear them popping off. And I'm like, man, I got to come find these. And what do you know? I step outside the second time, and I see the fireworks. I'm not seeing the ones that I'm hearing. But by this time, uh, One Loudon had started their fireworks show. And I'm not exceptionally close to One Loudon. I'm probably like 10 minutes away. But I could see it from my balcony because we got the penthouse view up here if you can call the top floor of a walk-up apartment a penthouse view. But I'm out there, and I'm watching the fireworks, so I got to enjoy a little bit of fireworks without the uh, the, the big crowd that follows them yesterday. I'm going to be back out in Leesburg tonight, so I hope whatever you're doing for fireworks uh, today, you do it safe. Please keep all of the extremities on your body that you started the day with. But I love me some fireworks, and I'm hoping that we get an early dose of fireworks at Nats Park Thanks to the Nationals' bats. I hope it's a cold day for Miami. I don't want them to do anything good, but I'm hoping that the Nats can turn this around. Avoid getting swept. Get back in the win column, but give fans something to be excited about on the 4th of July. Now, I have a stat for you that I think most Nats fans are going to like. The Nats over the last 10 games on July 4th are 7-3. and three. So it's a good day to be a National on the 4th of July. When you look at the uh, the gambling line for them, uh, the Miami Marlins are favored by a run and a half. So Nats plus 1-5 on the run margin. They're minus 116 on uh, the money line, which is 
odd. I don't know how you're plus on the runs to that extent and then uh, minus 116, but I'm not Vegas here. So here are a couple of bets that I think you are going to like if you find yourself to be a gambling individual. Now, I should say I'm looking on FanDuel right now. Uh, that's the sports book that that I usually go to. And I'm in Virginia, so I got to run out and get out of here as fast as I can so I can put these in uh, before the game actually starts. But here's a couple a couple that I like. I like Kiebert Ruiz, two-plus hits today. That's plus 270, so you're getting some good value there. The Nationals have always had somebody, somebody that's young, have a good day on July 4th. Whether it's Soto, and we're not going to see Juan Soto today because of the calf injury. But Soto, it was Bryce Harper before him. I think Kieber Ruiz is going to fit right into that spot. I think he has a good day for the Nationals as I think their bats heat up. So I'm going Kieber Ruiz, two-plus hits at 270. And I'm going to go Nelson Cruz, two-plus RBIs at plus 380. The thing about Nelson Cruz is if you just get one man on base and he sends it yard, boom, that's a hit right there. You know, this isn't two and a hook. This is just two. And the way that FanDuel works, if he gets two, that hits. So I'm going Nelson Cruz, two-plus RBIs here for the Nats. And that's a plus 380 money value right there. So bada-bing, bada-boom, you can now buy a couple extra drinks. Maybe if you want to go get some late fireworks for whatever you're doing later tonight, I just made you money to do so. So take Kiebert Ruiz, two-plus hits. Take Nelson Cruz at two-plus RBI. As far as the game itself goes, I mean, it's no secret the Nationals not a good team this year. They're very much in the process of a rebuild. It's not a 19-31 year for the team. They've lost four in a row, three of which to the Miami Marlins. They need a little bit of life. They need a little bit of jolt of energy and excitement. And I do think 4th of July is something that historically has given that to the Nationals. If you were to break this down how we generally tend to break down games, who has the advantage offense, who has the advantage defense, who has the advantage pitching-wise? It's a tough look for the Nats. It's a tough look. With no Juan Soto, I think the advantage offense is a push. If Juan Soto's in the lineup, the Nats have the advantage because Juan Soto is better than every single player on that Miami Marlins team. Defense, I think you lean a little bit in the in the direction of the Marlins. Pitching, you lean the Marlins. We got Patrick Corbin on the mound, and he's played better as of late, but better as of late compared to what he was doing is still not very good. So pitching, I think you lean in the direction of the Miami Marlins, but this is where the difference is going to be made. And this is why I'm taking the Nationals to win this game, because what advantage that do they have that the Miami Marlins don't have? It's those damn Nat Tangibles. It's the Nat Tangibles. The Nat Tangibles are going to carry the Nationals above and beyond the Miami Marlins today at Nats Park. Like a football field and a half away from where I'm sitting, I'm expecting to get hit with a homer. I think someone's sending it out of the park. I hope it's Nelson Cruz, preferably with a man on base, so that bet hits. But I think the Nationals... I think the Nationals win against the Marlins. They get back on track, back on the right side of the win column, and avoid getting swept by a division rival. That's going to do it for us here on a special July 4th edition, 106.7 The Fan. I appreciate everybody tuning in. 
Appreciate Matt Moderno for jumping on and joining us, talking a little bit of Wizards. You can hit me up on Twitter, at the Denton Day. I'm out of here. I'm going to enjoy some good food, some fireworks, and some fun. I hope you do the same. Have a great 4th of July, and most importantly, go Nats. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.